Welcome to the virtual church with Reverend Prosper Asamoah. Reverend Prosper Asamoah is the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary Takradi, where Jesus is exalted and his love demonstrated. Now, the sermon. We give God the glory. Father, thank you for another day at your house. Thank you. We are joyous in your presence. Your joy has filled our hearts. Because you are our God. It believe that this is how far you brought us. We are, we are not where we were. And we know that you have plans for us, plans of good to bring us a future and a hope. Thank you, Father. As we hear your word, help us that we understand. Holy Spirit, help us that we understand it and apply it to our lives. That we shall live here where we are and if we move further. And each time, we say Ebenezer. Each time we say Ebenezer, you are our helper. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Great. Last week we had a nice time. The, on the covenant weekend, it was powerful. How many people enjoyed it? I enjoyed myself. I preached that when I feel I said I'm happy because I was just happy. I couldn't hide it. Hallelujah. And today, I want to continue on blessings some aspects, how we can appropriate it. Okay. Um, it's very important because we can talk, God has blessed us and so what. So how do we get it? For many of us, it's not manifesting in our lives. For many of us, we are, we are struggling. In fact, some are frustrated. It's not only you. People in the past have been frustrated. People in the present have been frustrated. If we don't know how to apply the blessings or how to assess the blessings or appropriate the blessings, it will mean that uh, we'll be frustrated for a long time. So the Lord has been taking me through some things, and I, I want to share with you this morning. Hallelujah. So pay attention. Now, you don't write notes. Those who write notes, write. Reco is of the old school. He writes notes every day. Hallelujah. Write. You can write. Use your phone. Uh, put it on silence. And then, uh, what do you call it? Write your notes. Or take a pen and paper and write your notes. Or you can still, you can go and listen afterwards. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about assessing the blessing through faith. Or assessing the blessing by faith. I'll start from the old covenant. And explain some things. There are deep, deep things that we cannot say in one day. But I'll give you the highlights the important thing is that you know how to assess the covenant, assess the blessing of God. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2, Deuteronomy 28 is known for blessings and curses. God said, if you obey me, this the blessing. Verse 1 and 2, verse 1 says, if you, you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. He had given them laws. He said, if you obey the laws, I'll bless you. And if you read further on, he says, if you don't obey the laws, these are the curses that will come over you. So he mentioned a lot of blessings, but the condition is that you must obey the law. And then if you read the, the Ten Commandments, the sixth one or so, he says, honor your father and your mother that your, your days may be long 
in the land that the Lord your God has given you. That's Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. So we see that he gives the law and gives a blessing. Every blessing is attached to a particular law. And you must obey the law. If you don't obey the law, you get a blessing. And what happens is that you must obey all the laws. You must obey all the laws to be able to assess the blessings. You can't obey some and leave some. That's the old covenant. It was very difficult. God knew we, can, we could not do it. And the people could not do it. At the appropriate time, he sent Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was coming to relieve us. Not that we should live lawlessly. But it's coming to relieve us from trying to obey all the laws, which as human beings we cannot. And God knows we can't. The Bible says clearly that we cannot. So Jesus came. John chapter 1 verse 16. It says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Hallelujah. Are you here? Grace upon grace. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited blessing. Unmerited favor. That's what we call grace. It says that from his fullness, from God's fullness, we have received grace. Grace is that the thing that we don't deserve, we receive. That's called grace. If you say grace, it means that the thing that you don't deserve, you don't merit it, you don't qualify for it, but it has been given to you. And Jesus was given to us not because we qualify. He died for us not because we qualify. The blessings of God that we get through Jesus is given to us not because we qualify, but just because of grace or merited favor. May you receive grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And verse 17 says, for the law was given through Moses. The laws of the Israelites, most of them were given through Moses. And that's what they are supposed to obey before they get those blessings. But it is said that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So you can see that the New Testament is contrasting the two periods. The, 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 the period of the law, where you must obey all before you are blessed. And the period of grace, where grace comes from Jesus Christ, will come to how you get your blessings. So there are two different periods, the law and grace. And that's one teaching that I have to find some, uh, some time to teach. It may not be on Sunday, it may be some weekdays. I just teach continuously. So you understand grace. If you don't understand grace, you don't understand your salvation. We are saved by faith through grace. Through grace, uh, through faith, we are saved. Let's keep reading. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. It says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Everyone we are being born again. God gave his grace. Jesus died for us. Took away our sins. He transfers us to the kingdom from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. All those things have been done. But it takes you to take faith. Your faith is what will make that thing manifest to you. The grace of God 
has been poured onto the whole world. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Everybody uh, you see, Jesus died for him or her. But it takes faith from our side to tap into that grace or that blessing or that salvation. So if salvation is twofold, grace is God's part and faith is our part. And in everything we do, grace is God's part and faith is our part. Hallelujah. It says, through him also we have obtained access by faith. We, as, we assess the grace of God by faith. So the grace of God is abundant. But if you don't apply faith, you cannot receive it. Similarly, the blessings of God are abundant. But you must apply faith to receive it. And sometimes we are frustrated because this thing that they call faith, we don't know what it is. This is God's faith. Sometimes we are confused. Sometimes you think that you, you, you grit your teeth and stand firm and then faith will come or something. Or you shout and then you, that's faith. Or, or so we get frustrated because we don't know how to apply it. I'm coming down to the practical Christianity so that we, we get it. And faith, the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The things that you imagine that you get, giving it substance. So faith is a substance of things hopeful. Faith is your action that you, you take to receive the grace of God. And let me tell you, this is hard for many of us to hear. Our faith does not move God. Because God has blessed us with everything already. Our faith Sometimes we are praying and we are saying, God, give me this. We are, we are struggling and trying to convince him, twist his arms and use all tactics to try to get it. And say we are praying until something happens. We, God has given us everything. Our faith does not move God. It does, that's not what to make God do anything. Our faith, rather, gives us access to the grace of God. It gives us access to the blessing of God. Our faith moves as the grace is hanging. Either it's hanging or in some way, wherever. But our faith makes us move to go to where the grace is. God has blessed us. Ephesians 1.3 says, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. Everything, every blessing that can come from the spirit man has been given to us already. Anything. So if your, your finances is being held by spiritual forces, God has blessed us. All you have to do is to now work. So your, your working is the faith by which you assess the grace or the blessing of God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, they're supposed to obey the laws before they are blessed. And man cannot obey all the laws. But miss, you miss at least one. There were many. There were 600 laws or so. You, you can't. So the grace of God is very important for our work. Our faith gives us access to the grace and blessing. Because, I've quoted already, you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In the New Testament, in, our, in the covenant that we are under, 
we are not supposed to obey all the laws. We are not supposed to obey the law. But we are supposed to believe his grace. So believe is what we are supposed to do. Do you believe Jesus that he came, he was born of Virgin Mary, he came, lived faultless, righteous life, he died for our sake, took away our sins, shed his blood, set us free, translated us, and then he went into heaven? Do you believe it? Your belief is more important than you adhering to the laws. Because when you believe him, you will walk with him. When you walk with him, you will not do the wrong things. Hallelujah. So grace is higher than the law. That's why the Bible says at some point in New Testament that you are falling from grace. You can only fall, he said you are following the law. It means that you are falling from grace. It means the law is lower and the grace is higher. So if you fall, you fall from a higher place to a lower ground. So grace is higher. And it's a better covenant. That's what we have. And the grace, you can assess it by believing in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We must believe in Jesus. Believe is very important. If you read the New Testament, it says believe. Do you believe? Have you believed? Believe in Jesus. Believe in the Son of God. Believe. 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 Obedience is good. But your belief will make you obey. Without belief, you'll be forced, you'll be doing, you'll be forcing naturally. It will be carnal, trying to do some things. But when you believe and it gets into your heart, it becomes part of your heart, you will obey without effort. You will live effortlessly. Hallelujah. May each of us get to that point in the name of Jesus Christ. Because it's your belief that will make grace accessible to you. When you believe in the grace, then you can now take action towards the grace. Hallelujah. And your believing produces faith. When you believe, you have faith. When you don't believe, you cannot have faith. So if you say the just shall live by faith, it means that you must believe first. Then you can, you can get faith to live. Every believer must live by faith. Do you know that it didn't say we should live by grace? Because grace is God's part. You can't twist the arm of God to give you grace. He has done it already. He's finished. He has blessed us. He has translated us. He has, we are city of Jesus in heavenly places. But there are, there are spiritual things. But now you must walk in faith. Now you are getting your access. So how do you walk in faith? Believe. So when you read your Bible, it makes you believe. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 3 verse 22 it says but the scripture imprison everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe so the promises the blessings that we get in Jesus Christ is given to those who believe and that promise is received by faith so the promise by faith in Jesus Christ so you get faith in Jesus Christ then because you believe. Then you get the promises. So our blessings, our, our grace, our blessing and everything is very linked to our belief and linked to our faith. I've told you, your faith doesn't change God. Sometimes you are frustrated, you don't know what to do, how to apply the things, but I'm teaching you. My cardinal call and definitely because I'm the senior pastor, that becomes one of the, 
one of the hallmarks of our church is to teach so that we live victorious lives. So our lives become better to the glory of Jesus Christ. It's victorious Christian living. This meat you it is it is it is it is rooted. Prophecy is good. Power is good. It's all of God. But power can it's like artificially causing uh, uh, blowing something artificial. On the surface, it may look good, but there's, there's no root. What I'm teaching you is rooted in the word. You must be rooted in the word. Then, after a while, as you continue in the word, say, continue in my word. As we continue in his word, we'll be rooted, we'll have what they call it, faith, and then by the faith, we can now assess the blessing consistently. A miracle will come once in a while. But consistently, you don't have to depend on miracle. It's just by faith. Hallelujah. I want us to go through some scriptures and I'll show you the application of faith and blessing. Application of faith to the blessing. How you can assess blessings. I've just picked a few scriptures in the New Testament. There are a couple in the Old Testament, but I want to put that aside. I want to teach from the New Testament a couple, a few scriptures, and see how faith and blessing are related. Because many of us think that we should pray and pray and pray and pray to be blessed. Pray to God and say, God bless me. God is, no, God has given us everything. He has given us everything. So now I'll show you what is faith. How do we apply our faith? Let's take a few scriptures and then we take it from there. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 30 to 33. It says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? And for many of us, that is our worry. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see that there's a blessing. The blessing is that what you wear, what you eat, where you stay, whatever, anything you need, God knows that you need it. And he has made it available. But what he's saying is that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is your faith part. When you apply your faith by seeking God, seeking his kingdom, seeking his authority, putting yourself under him, kingdom means that you are allowing his power and his rule to be in your life. As you seek God, then all these things shall be added unto you. So the blessing is that you'll be provided with all these things. But your faith part is that you seek God, you seek his kingdom. Hallelujah. This is not a law. 
it is a relationship he's talking about. It's, it's a principle you must obey. It's a principle that your faith will cause you to do. So seeking God and loving God and worshipping him and reading his word and uh, being good to others and doing all the things that you must do as a Christian. Fellowshipping with one another, coming to church and blessing the church. That's part of the kingdom. Church is part of the kingdom of God. As you seek the kingdom, as you do all that, then all things shall be added to you. All the things that we read before will be added to you. So there's faith. So our faith, we show our faith by seeking God. And then these things are added by, by his grace, which he has provided already. Are you getting me? Hallelujah. One intimacy. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.19. It says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That is a promise. That is a blessing. Isn't it? Do you agree it's a blessing? That God shall supply all our needs. So that is a blessing. How do we assess that blessing? When you read from verse 17, how you assess the blessing is there. That is, if you apply that, then that is faith for that blessing. Not because I desire a gift. Verse 17 says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an order of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. It says, you've given me a lot. I've received a lot from you. Thank you. It's not because I need it or uh, 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 it's just because as you give to me, it goes into your account. That is when he said, my God shall supply. So your faith part is to give to the work of God. Give to the man of God. That is faith. Then his grace is the supply of all your needs, which is available. It's there already. So you, are, you, you assess the faith. You assess the grace. You assess the blessing by your faith. So if you are asked to give, we shouldn't talk about it too much. We shouldn't be. It's not because the church needs money. The, the church, when it gets the money, we use it for good things. We, we need money for a lot of things. But the main reason why you must give is that it is a, it's a faith towards assessing the grace. So we assess the blessing of God by the faith that we apply. And many of the blessings comes with what you must do by faith to receive it. In the New Testament, because we said we don't live by law and things, we try not to, we always want to try not to link blessings to anything. We link it to faith. And sometimes you, you are told exactly what will, will get you into that particular blessing. In our attempt to teach grace, sometimes we just cancel, we, we, want, we want lawlessness. 
No. There's order in the Bible. God is a rewarder. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he who counts must know that he is a rewarder. When you apply your faith, he will reward you. It's in the Bible. But if you go to God and say, oh, uh, because I'm good, because uh, I do this, bless me. You, are, you, you don't need to do that. Just apply the principle. You get to a point, you don't have to ask God for anything because you are applying the principles on daily basis. It's part of you. The blessing, the, you have access to the grace continuously. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 2 8. This is, sorry, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is in the New Testament. He was talking about giving. Paul was talking about giving. The Corinthians were Armstrong. He was teaching them. He says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap sparingly. It is a principle. I can't go and plant one acre of corn. And then you, you go and plant one small portion B, corner B of corn, expect that you get the same harvest as I get. No. It's not good. It's not, it's not right. God will not do that. Nature will not even accept it. And God will not accept it. So the more you sow, the more you reap. But the more, but the one who is sowing consistently can overtake the one who has more. Somebody can, can sow one acre, or look at five. And that's why you sow every day. You can have a longer half. You sow it, next time you come and sow, when you reap, you come and sow a longer two. The next time you come and sow a longer six. Another time you are sowing a longer ten. You've overtaken him. May you overtake people ahead of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because you are applying the principle. Because God is a rewarder. He's a gracious God. He gives by grace, but he rewards also. Verse 7 says, each one must give as he decides in his heart. This is it. That's why we don't mention figures and force you to give exactly 10% or something. Decide what you give in your heart. Only know that the less you sow, the less you reap. The more you sow, the more you reap. Simple. It's, it's in your court. Just, you must decide what you want to sow in your heart. Not reluctantly. Not under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's why I will not force you will not twist your arms, will not say things that will make you feel bad. But I'm teaching you principle. Then he says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. It follows that when you do these things, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So it is a principle. So your faith part is to give bountifully. Your faith part is to give not with compulsion. I don't have to talk plenty for you to give. But your faith part is to give cheerfully. Then God will make all the grace abound to you. You must assess the grace. You must assess the blessing. Sometimes you spend too much time praying for the blessing. You must just look into the word of God. Look into scripture and find out how to assess the blessing. And take the step to assess the blessing. Hallelujah. And when you assess the blessing, you don't need to pray. You don't need to talk too much to God. But you've, you've used the key, the principle. 
to assess the blessing. First Peter 5, 6 to 7. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. You want to be exalted? You want to be promoted? You want to go far in, in whatever you are doing at work, in ministry, in your family, in society? You want exaltation? Then humble yourself. Humble yourself. Be humble under the mighty hand of God. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to his principles. Submit yourself to his word. Submit yourself to his spirit. Submit yourself. Then at the proper time, he will exalt you. So you want exaltation, the blessing of exaltation, then your faith is to submit yourself. Your submission will show that you are doing it by faith. And anything you do by faith, because the word of God says it, God will reward you for it. Anything. Say, because of the word, I'm doing this. Bible says I should do that. You are doing it because of the word. God will honor you. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Sometimes we are anxious running around. We are anxious. We are worried. Hey, hey. Then, then you are not relying on him. He cares for you. Relax. Your faith, application of faith shows is that you must not be anxious. You must not worry. Sometimes people think I'm, I don't worry. I, 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 people think I don't have any issue. I may have issues, things going around me, but I refuse to worry. When I refuse to worry, people think because I don't care. I care. But I, I will not worry because I've laid it at the foot of Jesus. Hallelujah. Cast all your anxieties upon him. That is your faith. That he will care for you. Hallelujah. Tell John. I'm just giving you some scriptures showing you how the blessings are always related to uh, faith action. So if you don't take, do the faith action and you want to shortcut to go and pray and get the blessing, it, it won't work. It won't work. That's how some of us are frustrated. We are frustrated with Christianity. Sometimes we think it doesn't work. It works. At least it has worked for me. So I know it will work for you. Because God is faithful. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean I have everything I want or I've reached everything. No, we are still going. Ebenezer, this is where we've gone so far. But we are going further forward. Hallelujah. Third John. Third John is only one chapter. Third John, verse 2 to 4. This is John writing to Gaius or so, to an individual. He says, Beloved, I pray that all I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. He says that as your soul is doing well, I pray that everything will go well with you and then you will become healthy. Maybe he was ill or something. So the condition there is his soul doing well. If your soul is doing well, you do well. But what does it mean? Verse 3 says, For I rejoice greatly. Is it for? It means that it's connecting you to the, first, the, the previous verse. It says, For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, 
as indeed you are walking in the truth. The truth, Jesus is the truth. The word of God is truth. Hallelujah. As he's walking in the truth, the blessing of doing well and being healthy will come upon him. So your faith action, your faith is demonstrated by walking in the truth. Your faith is demonstrated by studying the word, by walking in the word. He says, as indeed you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So because of that, it says, because he's walking in the truth, it means that his soul is doing well. Walking in the truth, reading the word, means it feeds your soul. So it means his soul is doing well. So as your soul is doing well, then you will prosper and you will live in health. Hallelujah. So you see that the blessing is linked to a faith action. The Lord showed me this last night. I didn't know this yesterday at this time. The relationship. Just last night. I'll say this morning. I didn't know this yesterday. Yesterday, if you asked me this, I cannot explain this properly. Even though I leave it. I leave it. I do some things I do, but I don't really know the principle as a principle. But I just do leave it. So God has something special for you. He wants to relieve you of that frustration. The frustration that you go through trying to be a Christian. You don't have to try to be a Christian. Just be a believer and do the things the word of God says. You will prosper. Hallelujah. You assess the blessings. There are many more scriptures that relate blessings to action of faith. You can go and make it, uh, what do you call it, an assignment. Go and read. Go and find out. Bible says, in James 1, 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You want the crown of life? You want the crown of life that God has promised? That is a blessing. But for you to receive it, you must stand during the test of time. Hallelujah. Testing will come while you're strong. The Bible says, if you fail in a time of adversity, it means your strength is small. May your strength be strong. May you have good strength so that when adversity comes, you can stand it. Hallelujah. I've quoted from the New Testament to satisfy those who think that we're always talking about Old Testament. We're not talking about blessing. But in this is the New Testament. And the blessings are all linked to action, to faith. The Old Testament, we've quoted Joshua 1, 8, that meditate so that you'll be blessed. It's linked blessing to it. Uh, Isaiah 41, 12 or so, also talks about God protecting you and everything. But at least fear not. Let's not walk in fear. Hallelujah. Let's not walk in fear. Let us know that God is there for us. His blessings are there for us. He says, I've blessed you with all blessings in the spiritual realm. You don't have to beg God for blessing. Assess your blessing by faith. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will give us deep understanding. Then the frustration in our Christian work will come to an end because we will apply the principles of scripture and by that 
We shall assess every blessing that is there for us. If you have to give, we give. If you have to seek, uh, know him by the word, we know him by the word. And we do it consistently so that the blessings will come consistently. God bless you. You changed my destiny with the awesome price you paid. Now I can say thank you for listening. Follow us on YouTube and on Facebook at Prosper Asamoah for more of these teachings. God bless you.